Thank you for joining us, especially if this is your first time or you've been watching us just here recently. Thank you so very much for taking this time with us here. Um, boy, what a great week it's been. You know, Thanksgiving time, the start of the holidays, and uh, I, I'm sure everyone had a great week, and uh, I know we have with our family and all the normal stuff, all the turkey and the ham, the, all the food, and we still have food, and uh, I have ate so much this week, so we are not talking about the sin of gluttony today, okay? 
But uh, thank you guys so much. Thank you everyone. Thank you so much for being, for joining us here uh, this morning. But let, let me ask you this. If I were to ask you if you knew how to love well, if you knew how to love others well, what would your answer be? Maybe it is yes, you know, maybe you have learned uh, to really truly know what it is to love and to love in all circumstances and in all the different relationships that you have in your life, whether it be a spouse or your children or friends or, or co-workers or, uh, or those of you in school to those classmates and, you know, maybe you really know what it is to love well. And maybe loving others, but, but, but on the other side, maybe loving others is, is hard for you, uh, for, which, which happens for a whole lot of different reasons. You know, but let, let me ask you, do you love, do you only love those that love you? You know, of course, it's easy to love others that show love to you, but do you show love to others when that love is not in turn uh, uh, given. Do you know how to display love uh, to those that you don't know, to those that are kind of on the outside of your groups and stuff, to do uh, to, to, to extend uh, uh, love to others? Is it hard for you to forgive, therefore making it hard for you to love? You know, those, those things I want you to kind of ponder uh, here today, because we're going to be talking about uh, really the thing that uh, that we're going to see Jesus uh, call, puts his kind of what we would call a value uh, to the core value of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And of course, anytime we talk about these kind of things, it always reminds me of um, my relationship with Stacy. Because I don't think there's any other relationship that has uh, taught me really what really love is than the love that uh, me and Stacy, that Stacy and I have um, as, as as my wife and and. Uh, but, uh, you know, it has been so long. We met 26 years ago. 26, 26, 27 years ago that, that, that we met. Uh, we, we met at a camp in Gulfport, Mississippi. I was traveling for, playing piano for a, uh, a group there uh, for our college, Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. And our group, our singing group team, we were at this camp in Mississippi and... I remember, I'll always remember that day uh, to where all of a sudden I was, at this point, I actually wasn't playing piano for this group. I was um, running sound. And I was up in the crow's nest way up high, uh, and the auditorium was down below here at this camp. And um, I remember being up there and looking out and down, and there was this just the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my whole life. And then all of a sudden she looks up and she goes, hey there, you know, she had this, she was from Stacy, of course, from Mississippi and had that deep Southern accent. And uh, man, my heart just immediately melted. But, 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 but thinking back, going back 27 years, and then, you know, she went into her senior year of high school and ended up at Baptist Bible College up there with, uh, during my junior year, she ended up being a freshman at, at school. And uh, that whole next year, in between that camp, there was a whole other year before uh, she would come to school and we'd see each other every now and then because, of course, her brother, a lot of you know her brother, Mike, uh, uh, would uh, uh, 
he was at school with me and we actually ended up traveling together on a group this next year and uh, you know so that there were times where I would see Stacy and then, then we'd of course have this flirting and things going on and and then she finally got the campus and you know after all this time of just kind of going back and forth and uh, then the next thing you know you know we we go on a date and then she dumps me oh my goodness I tell you what I couldn't believe it and I still hold it over her head you know but uh, you know she dumps me I'm just a wreck you know well it didn't last too long it was like September of that year then a couple months later then um, we ended up uh, going to a thing with our family, a, a concert deal, a, a Christmas, it was a Christmas concert uh, program. And uh, next thing you know, we're dating and then by the next August, we're, we're married. We, since that time, in these 25, over 25 years of marriage now, we've had many ups and downs. And um, in those times is when we really, we, we thought we knew what love was and what it was to love each other unconditionally whenever we made those vows 20, a little over 25 years ago in August of 1995. But it's through the ups and downs of life where we've really learned what it is to love unconditionally. And it's through that that the experiences that we've had uh, in our marriage and learning this that we've been able to learn and and, and strive to love others unconditionally because of what we've learned within our own marriage concerning love and loving unconditionally. Over time, we've seen our love mature. We, we've learned that over the years how to love each other in spite of each other. When I say in spite of each other, I mean me, really. Um, you know, Stacy's amazing, you know. So, for it, you know, it, it, it's really been for me on my part, you know, the way I feel. And uh, so we, we, we've learned how to love each other in spite of each other. You know, when, when you take love and loving people unconditionally outside of your spouse, outside of your family, your close relationship, we're, we're, we're typically even, it's even harder to love others on the outside, isn't it? Displaying true love to others on the outside of our circle. Because, heck, we, we understand that, that it is difficult to love those on our inner circle and our family and our friends and in those close relationships all the time. But today we're going to be looking at two verses this morning in John chapter 13. And what Jesus says about love in the context of the church and the Christ follower and the follower of Jesus. Let me set up the scene here for you um, before we get into it here in John 13. Here we have the Last Supper, you know, the time when Jesus gathers his disciples before he was to be arrested in the garden and then eventually go to the cross. Here, here they are, they're at the Last Supper. Judas leaves the supper to go and to betray Jesus. And then there's this table talk going on between Jesus and his disciples. You know, I love, you. Know, just a side note there, I, I love that table talk. Don't, don't you guys, you know, just the time spent around the table with your family and friends. You know, ever since I was a little boy, that was something that was a hallmark at our home even growing up. Uh, you know, we'd have dinner together as a family. My dad would get home from work. My mom would have dinner ready, and we'd all sit around me and my sisters and my family. We'd all be around the table, and we, uh, you know, we'd eat. And then there were times where it seemed like we'd spend hours around the table just laughing and, and talking and uh, playing games or whatever it was. And you know, we do that even now around our home. We love the time that we spend around our table with one another, just just doing life. And just having fun. 
But so here we have, you know, we got the Last Supper, Judas leaves, you got this table talk going around, you know, be, be between Jesus and his disciples. Well, Jesus is about to prove ultimately how much he really loves us after this, after this whole upper room scene and going to there, going to the garden of Gethsemane, then, then ending up on the cross, this short time here uh, coming up. You know, Jesus will have to prove how much he really loves us by giving his life for us, showing us what real love um, uh, all entails here. But before he does, before he goes, before he is crucified, before he's taken, he is giving instruction to those, to those first church leaders, to those ones that, that, that Jesus had spent all this time with training, investing in, building those relationships with in order to send them out and start this new thing called the church. And uh, so let's, before we, uh, one more thing before we get into these verses. When we talk about the church, this new thing, it, it is something built on relationships. And, and the church itself is not referring to a building, but it's referring to the people. But to people, we believe that a church is a local called out body of believers that come together to worship God and tell others about the hope that can be found in a relationship with Jesus. It is people. The church is made up of people. It's made up of people. We, we believe the church isn't a place, but it's people. So if the church is people, then you know what? The church, if you're a follower of Jesus, is you. Then in order for the church to function properly, then, then, then uh, we don't go to church we are the church. We get to be the church. So as we come together as the church, as we do those gatherings, and as we come together on Sundays, or in the small group settings, when we come together as the church there, uh, we can accomplish incredible things together. Together. So let's read. So let's, now we're going to jump in here. So let's, so let's read what Jesus is telling these first church leaders, what the identifying characteristics the, 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 of what the church is and what it's to be established upon. And remember, the church is us. So what we should have at the core of our faith, of our relationship with Jesus. And Jesus said this in John 13. He says, a new commandment, this is John 13, verse 34. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. I think it is interesting, you know, here that, uh, that, that Jesus says that this is something new. He says this is a new commandment, that you love one another. Was this really a whole new idea that uh, Jesus was, was giving to them? Well, no, you know, pe people, people knew they were to love others. But here Jesus leaning in into something and trying to get those that they listen and even us today to understand the core of what it is to be a follower of Jesus and what that should look like for us. That everything we do should be established on love. The, at, at the core of everything we do should be love. A love for God and a love for others, a love for others. You'd think that this would be a given though, right? 
You wouldn't think that Jesus would, Jesus would have to say, just like we have to teach our kids, you know, to be nice to others. You know, when, when they're growing up, when they're first getting those first friends, when they're going to school and stuff, you're like, all right, you have to be nice, right? And it's like Jesus trying to tell these guys, okay, listen, you have to love others. But that's not what happens naturally, though, is it for us? Loving others is, is sometimes very, very difficult. And here Jesus starting this new thing, the church, different than the religious system that was already in place, starting the church. He's saying, no, it's going to be established upon love. And people are going to know it because you love others. Remember here in this time that Jesus was living, that the whole religious system was built on what we call the law and maintaining the law. The law led to condemnation. You had those that adhered to the law to the best of their ability. And typically, uh, those that uh, strove to do this looked look down on those who didn't. Look down on those who didn't. You know, the, the Ten Commandments and, and, and the hundreds of other commandments that, that we see there in the Old Testament in the law are all about thou shalt not. The law, the law though, was misused. The law, God, God gave that law to Moses, those Ten Commandments, the start of that. The law was put into place for a lot of reasons, but ultimately it was to point people to their need for God. It was to show people, it was to show us that we are not good enough and, and, and that we could never measure up to God's standard of perfection, His standard of holiness. It wasn't ever so that we could try to attain it, but for us to look at it and say, man, I can't do this. So Jesus here is telling His disciples that the church is going to be something radically different. Radically different than the previous religious experience that, that, that they had totally missed the point. It was going to be founded upon love, not law. And what Jesus says next is what makes this commandment truly new. He doesn't just say love. He says, this is how you love. And that is to love others as I have loved you. Love others as I have loved you. These guys had spent three years with Jesus. They had... They had seen Jesus' love for others and for themselves. His care for them. His investment in them. The time that He took to, to have those conversations with them. To have those hard conversations so, so, so that they could grow and be better. He doesn't just say just the love, but, but, but He gives a basis for it. He says, you love like I. You love others around you just like I loved you. He set the standard for what love looks like. It's not based upon what I think it should look like. It's not based upon what you think it should look like. His standard is to love like He loves. And that is to love unconditionally. He brought together a group of men, these disciples that would never have had anything to do with each other, several of them, outside, outside of Jesus. Think about it. Think, think about some of these guys. You had Matthew, who was a tax collector, who comes alongside Peter, a fisherman. These guys would never run in the same social circles. It, 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 they, they were in two totally different friend groups. They, these guys would have ran in, 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 in totally different circles and would have never just hung out together more than likely. These two would have never hung out if it wasn't for 
Jesus. He taught his disciples, though, to look past all the other things of, of whatever, whatever preconceived notions that they had grown up with about each other and about what they did or whatever, and said, no, you are just to love people. Just to love people. Accept each other for who they are. And now he was going to ultimately show them how to love unconditionally on a whole new level by dying for people that despised him and hated him. By humbling himself to his creation. Think about this. Jesus, he is the creator. But yet he allowed his creation to spit on him, to beat him, to mock him, to curse at him. All because of this. All because he loved them. All because he loves you. All because He loves me. He's the standard for what love looks like. That we can love others whether or not they love us. And you know what? We ought to love not only people on the outside, but that love should show to those on the inside. Should show to the love to, to those on the inside. Like church, we are to love others unconditionally. If the church is made up of, 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 of people, right? We talked about that. The, the, the churches, all of us that, that call ourselves the followers of Jesus, right? Then you know what that means? We must love of each and every one of us unconditionally. We must love one another just the way that Jesus loved. This is what he wants his church to be known for. He said, this is the thing, guys. This is how people are going to know that you're my disciples. That you love one another. Love is the core thing. It's, it's the, thing at the thing at the center. And everything flows out of that. Why? Because love is about... Think about that statement. We talk about everything. Everything comes back to relationship here at Life Church, right? We always circle back around to that. Here's the thing. He says, how by, by this shall all people know that, you, that you're my disciples? By how that you love one another. Well, you can't love people unless you have relationship with people. It's impossible to love without relationship. He says, this is how others will know that you are his disciples when you love others. He wants the church to be a place where people are condemned but loved. Not a place to be judged, but loved. With the, with, what the number one thing people say keeps them away from the church and being a follower of Jesus is they say that we are what? You probably know the word. It's probably on the tip of your tongue right there. Hypocrites. What are they really saying when, when, whenever people say that of us as the followers of Jesus? So that when they say that of the church and why they won't go to church, what are they really saying? They are saying that, that you saying that we say we love others. We say we love others, but then we do just the opposite and judge and look down on people. I'm not saying that we don't hold the standards. I'm just saying there's a better way to hold to our standards, and that is through the lens of love. A key tenet uh, that we hold to here, it, here at Life Church is in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 4, verse 2 says that the goodness of God leads to repentance. The goodness of God leads to repentance. Not as vengeance, not as strong right arm, 
but it's his goodness that leads to repentance. At another time before this, the disciples asked Jesus what, what the greatest commandment was. Or it was actually what one of the lawyers, uh, a guy in the crowd there, asked, what is the greatest commandment? And in, in, his, in his response, Jesus' response kind of rocked their worlds. He, he didn't start by listing off a bunch of the thou shalt nots. He didn't start with the Ten Commandments. He simply says that we are to love God and then to love others as we love ourselves. He simply says we are to love God and love others. By doing this, we fulfill all the law and the commandments. When we love right, we will do right. My father-in-law, I heard him say that a million times in the 10 years I was on staff with him. And he's so true. Because love isn't love unless it's in motion, unless it's a verb, an action. You know, get, go, go back to your relationship with your spouse. Your spouse will never will never believe that you love her if there's, anything, if there's never anything to back it up other than your words. There's got to be action to it. When you love right, you do right. Why? Because whenever you have relationship, when you're in relationship with others, then that motivates you to do the right things. When it flows from a heart, when, it, when the love flows from the heart, there. put it this way, when you love your spouse right, then you do anything to make sure that your spouse is taken care of, made to feel special, loved unconditionally. More than likely, before you ever got into a serious relationship, most couples have the talk, right? Remember the talk if, 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 if you're married or maybe some of you are looking to be married soon and um, you know, you're, 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 you're probably on the verge of having the talk or you've already had the talk, right? And, you're, and, and you remember what this talk was, right? Is when you kind of exposed all of your warts to one another. Where you sit down and you talk through all the bad stuff. It's where you get just get real and authentic and let the other person see you because this is a true test where they're not going to truly love you, right? And that really is the true mark in a relationship is whenever you can know everything about your spouse or about your friend or about your co-worker, whoever that is that you're in relationship with, and then choose to look past their faults and just simply love them. That's Christ-like love. Because that's what He's done for us, right? He looks when we come to Him and admit that we're messed up, admit that we're sinners. You know what He does when we ask for forgiveness? He then overlooks that sin. He covers that sin. And, and, and He looks past that. Why? And he sees us. He just simply loves us. In our relation with God, when we love him, it becomes real easy to love others. As you grow in your love relationship with God, it becomes real easy to love others. Because as we love him, we become more like him. Uh, loving others is something that will just happen naturally. Happen naturally. Life Church, I want this community to know. I want everyone who enters the doors of our church. I want everyone who ever gets online and watches a watches a watches a service. Know that that we love them. We love you. I love you. Not based upon what they do, not based upon what you do, not based upon what you are or what, or, or what your occupation is, not based upon how, how much you give to Life Church, not, not based upon what, what on, on your service and what you do or bring to the table, but I want people to know that we simply love them. 
I want Life Church to have that kind of uh, that 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 the attitude around here that we just simply love people. Why? Because God loves people. People matter. People matter us because they matter to God. People matter to God, and things that matter to God should matter to us. And we, God told us that we are to love others. We just need to do that. How does the church ultimately love people out of all the things that, that, that we can and will do for this community? Only thing that will last forever, though, is ultimately building that relationship so that we can do the most loving thing for them and tell them how that they can have hope and a relationship with Jesus. Tell them how much He loves them in spite of their mess, in spite of their circumstances, in spite of what they've ever done, but that He just simply loves them and died for them and longs for relationship. That may be you today. Maybe you're looking for that relationship. Maybe you have that hole in your heart and you're wondering what that hole is. And really, I believe all of us are born with this hole in our hearts, longing and, and, and trying to fill it with other things than the thing that matters most than, than, than what God wants to place in there. That He wants to fill it with His love. Love will be at the center of everything. I'm going to tell you this, life church, love, love. We're going to do our very best, you know, to, to, be, to put love at the center of everything that we do. It will be, it must be the thing that drives us, that motivates us. The reason it's okay to set up and tear down each week. Do you know why it's okay for us to be a portable church like this, to get a church up off the ground and do everything that we have to do that, that established churches don't? And one day I can't wait till we, are, till we have our own buildings and stuff like that. You know, in order to have, a, to have that tool in order to reach the community in different ways that we can't even right now. But the reason it's okay to set up and tear down re each week, the reason we invite our neighbors to be part of this, the reason we show love to, uh, to those who, that, that despise us, we do, we do this all. We do all of this because God loves people and God wants relationship with people. As we wind this down, you know, how do we love Jesus? Uh, no, how, how do we show the love of Jesus to others, though even in a pandemic, everything that we're going through right now? I believe people need to know that they are loved even more now than ever before through this last year. People need to know that God loves them and that you love them and that we as a church love others. How do we do that? Well, we, we, we care for those in need. We care for those that, that, that are in need on the inside, those that are part of Life Church, those, those that, know, that know Jesus. We care for those who remember Jesus said that that's how the outside world knows that we love Him. Know that we're His followers by how we take care and treat each other. And then care for those on the outside as well. Care for those in need. Don't get focused on just ourselves, but have eyes looking for those around us. Looking, looking for those around us that are in need. Who can you love? Let me ask you this. Who can you love that no one else has the opportunity to? Who can you make a difference in for the kingdom that if you don't show the love of Jesus to them, they might not ever see it or have the opportunity to know it who is it in your life whether it's a neighbor or a co-worker a relative a friend a classmate whoever that is in your life that, that you know that, that God has uniquely placed you in their life so that they could see Jesus in you who is that look for those opportunities show that love to others we don't stop loving when the world tells us to isolate guys the world has told us to isolate this year to, to, to stay away from others. But you know what? That doesn't mean we stop loving others. 
I think we as a church need to figure out ways to lean in and love others even more than we ever have before. The next year, Life Church. You know, I, I'm a dreamer. I'm a builder. I like I like putting plans into place. And this year's been a weird year to where we had a bunch of plans, and all of a sudden, all those plans had to be just kind of just washed away. We had to come up with new ways in order to love on people. And I, it's been pretty cool to see what all the doors that God's opened up for us and the things that we've been able to do and accomplish this year. But, you know, planning for the future, planning, you know, th things are still pretty uncertain, aren't they? Even though, you know, I'm thankful the vaccines are on the way and, you know, that, that, that sometime this next year, you know, hopefully uh, starting at sometime in 2021, that things will start to go back to kind of what we would consider normal. But, you know, I don't, I don't know that we want to go back to everything that we did before that we would call normal. But I think we need to look at things and um, figure out, you know, our world is different. And, you know, the things that God's opened up for us, you know, when we go back to being able to do things the way that we did and function the way that we've always wanted to function, we're going to be able to uh, still press in into a new set of circumstances around us. But, but how do you plan for that when, when, when there's still so much, so much uncertainty? It, it's very, very difficult to know how to plan for the future right now. But what I do know how to do and what Life Church has been doing, and I want us to up our game as we continue going forward here, guys, is on this one-on-one -on -one level. You know what? God never called the church to be a programmatic church, and we've tried not to be, and you know that that's hard not to do that at times. But God, God never called the church to be programmatic. He called the church to be relational. And in turn, that leads to transformation in others' lives, your life and in others' lives. Others' lives. Lean in. Be relational with others. This church doesn't need programs and gimmicks to grow. It needs the followers of Jesus to love others and live out their faith in a tangible, loving way each and every day. For us to do just the simple things that, that, that Jesus told us to do right here. The most effective way to grow a church is in a relational way. It's by being relational with others, building relationships, loving people unconditionally, loving those on the inside, loving those, lo loving those people that where whenever you come to church to, to, to love the person on the other side of the auditorium. To love the person on the other side of the pavilion out there. Or the person sitting in front of you or behind you. Man, showing that love and having that genuine care and love for one another. And then letting it spill over to the other relationships outside. Let others see your love on the inside and then show it to them on the outside. Remember he said this, by this all men shall know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. You know, maybe today... There was a day to where you want to enter and start that relationship with Jesus that you've all that you've never had. You can do that by simply just coming to Him, admitting you're a sinner, just confessing to Him and, and, and asking Him, telling Him, God, I want a relationship with you. I'm messed up. I want you. Just turning to Him. Just real simple. And you can do that right there in your home. You can just pray a little prayer. You, you can just turn your life, turn your heart, and choose to follow Him with your life. Man, it's amazing. It's the most incredible thing in all the world to start a loving relationship
with a God who loves you unconditionally. But this next week, and as we go into this next year, as we close out 2020 and start 2021, Life Church, let's be a church that is marked by our love. Let's be a church that knows how to love God and love others well. How is it with you here today? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for your word. Lord, we are so thankful for Jesus. God, we're thankful for the sacrifice that he made for each and every one of us. And God, we're thankful. God, I am so thankful, Lord, that, Lord, even though we're not you, that we still have the ability to love others as you loved us. So, God, I pray that you would give us, Lord, that, that, that we would be on mission as a church and that we would live out our lives and our faith in such a way to love others well. God, again, we love you and we thank you for this time. God, I pray that you bless our church. Help us to love others. Help us to point others to you. God, we again, Lord, we just thank you for this. We thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Life Church, I love you. And I pray and hope that everyone has a blessed day.